Everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave and Joe and talking poker. Uh, Joe had suggested to me last week that uh, we take a look at some of the poker rooms around the country, that some are closed, some are open. Uh, I don't know if you have uh, uh, access to that list that you had told me about uh, from Annie Up Magazine, the, the magazine that I do some writing for. Uh, mm. Not right now. No, I don't think, Dave. I had it that day when I was going through some of the stuff that I was mentioning to you. Well, maybe we'll let you grab it. We'll put that off until the second part of the show during a break. Maybe you can look it up. Also, uh, I don't have access to the Bravo system, but uh, I wondered if you've uh, looked at some of the numbers lately for some of the places here in town and uh, what they're bringing Well, in. let me tell you, um, I can honestly tell you in our room, um, our Monday, Wednesdays, and Friday promotions have been uh, quite successful. Um, now, that could be due to the fact that, yeah, we are offering some nice money. And it seems like uh, one of our local competitors, and I'm not going to mention who it is on, on right now, but has decided um, as of last week, I haven't checked this week, but as of last week, to um, go a little slower as far as, their promotional dollars for high hands is concerned. Whether that continues, I don't know. Uh, but so far, I mean, even though I have not been at work because of the surgery, that the gallbladder removal I had a few weeks ago, uh, I've been still looking at the numbers. And, um, you know, for our room, it's been really nice numbers. Uh, we, we can max out at seven poker tables, six-handed, which doesn't take a whole lot. That's 42 people. But we've had waiting lists of about 20 people, and not to mention the uh, designated player games, which have been full during those days. So it's been really nice, you know, to see those numbers. Um, our competitors have larger rooms, and they can actually have um, a lot more tables. I, I you know, um, I know that uh, Magic City has, you know, more or less. Magic City literally just has to open the doors down here, Big Dave, and, uh, right, right. and and they don't have to offer a whole lot, and their people just show up. It, it's, uh, you know, wonderful wonderful to have that loyalty uh, that they've had for all these years. Uh, so it's a wonderful thing, and uh, our other competitors be in, in Dade and in Broward have to work a little bit harder at it. Uh, as far as the numbers are concerned, as far as I can see, Big Dave, the Big Easy and obviously the Hard Rock are the two in Broward that are really doing something. The other rooms, from what I have seen as of last week, you know, nothing, very little to nothing. That's, you know, that's what I've seen. Do you think that uh, they do well at Magic City because they look the other way when people speak Spanish at the tables? Uh, no, not really, because they, you know, I got to give them a lot of credit. They, they, they enforce their rules properly there. It's just, um, a different clientele altogether, Big Dave. Um, you know, a lot of them used to come to our room. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm not going to put aside, it's very difficult in our room. We, we had a lot of you know, for lack of a better word, you'll forgive me, Big Joe, but 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 we had a lot of assholes in our in 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 our in our in our poker room, and um, you know, it, it was difficult to continually, you know, get on them to stop speaking Spanish, to continue speaking bad language, and um, it was just an ongoing struggle, and um, you know, I have to take a lot of that blame as the manager. Even when I wasn't there, it, it just became a much larger task. And I wish I had been a lot stricter and thrown a lot of these people out and asked and asked upper management to make it permanent. So I'm not going to hang that on anybody else but myself. And, um, yeah, I wish I had had a stronger hand with my staff and, and I had asked uh, my bosses to allow me to throw some of these people. We did throw out quite a bit of them and barred them and everything, but 
sometimes by the time it gets done, you've alienated too many players. Yeah. What about uh, rooms in in the in the Miami area? I know that they've been shut down. Uh, are they going to come back with four player tables, uh, six player no, tables? No, listen, what do you listen. We're we're back with six handed. Um, going to that article that you mentioning, I'm just going off the top of my head because I don't have it in front of me. I didn't have the magazine. It was an email that was sent to me. But um, different sp- spots in the state are doing different numbers. Some are doing six-handed. Some are doing seven-handed. Some are eight. And it's are certain parts of the state. They're already up to nine-handed. You know, it's, yeah, it, it I know all they, depends. Daytona's nine-handed, I know. So, you know, uh, I believe the Hard Rock, and again, this is – trying to remember where i read something they're either six or seven now some of them have the screen you know if they have the uh the plexiglass and everything a lot of those places have gone to seven and eight um other places have the mask like we do uh our dealers wear the mask and a shield um and the customers are forced to to wear a mask and right now we are at six you know and uh again the room is a lot smaller than it was when I ran it, you know, seven, eight years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, this is stuff that everybody is having to deal with across the country. There are places that are only four-handed, Dave. I was well, I think, I think Dania just opened and they're four-handed according to this uh, article. And it says they have plexiglass dividers. But I haven't been there. I'm going in on Wednesday, I believe, because uh, we <laughs> opened Highline on Thursday. So I'll check that out. But for instance, Seminole Hard Rock Tampa is seven-handed, while right across town, Tampa Bay Downs is eight-handed. Uh, different places, uh, Sarasota Kennel Club is eight-handed. Uh, so there's different every place, and even Daytona well, is nine-handed, and there's a few other that are six-handed. I, and I believe uh, I spoke to my financial advisor on Friday, and he lives up in Tampa. And he's a big poker player, and he's – I wish I could remember the name of that one. He's got a really good friend who's a hell of a poker player. Um, I believe the Hard Rock has moved up to maybe eight-handed already okay. up, there, up there in Tampa. Like you said, uh, what was it, um, uh, Derby Lane or something was up to eight-handed over there? Or uh, Tampa down? Day- Daytona's nine. Derby Lane is six. Derby, six. Like I said, they are opening up at different numbers – People set a number to give to the state and to the county uh, um, regulators, but they didn't impose anything on us. Each each individual uh, card room uh, imposed their own numbers. So all you have to actually do is is get a hold of the of the state or the county people and let them know, hey, I'm going to increase it to this. And I would imagine the question is going to be, well, how are you going to be able to and, you know, maintain a, a safe uh, environment. And my guess is now that the governor has opened up the whole state just about. Um, right. I think they're going to be changing they, around the corner here. Exactly. I don't think they're going to be doing a whole lot with that. It, you know, although here in Dade, we are still with the 11 o'clock curfew. Right. So that's limiting our hours in the poker room. I don't know how much longer that's going to go because they did open up some of the bars supposedly down here. Um, again, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> uh, my, my friend that said Tampa that I just mentioned, he's got a, a daughter and a six year old uh, son. That's the exact same age as my grandson. They were born on the same day. They've been in school. They've been in actual classes for six weeks with no issues. We're still, we're going, you see what's going happening in the news down here. Broward and Dade still have, are not allowing their students to go back to school. They are planning on getting those things open in the next week, week and a half. So, again, it it really is a confusing to businesses, to their card rooms, casinos. Uh, I, I don't. I honestly don't know what I would do if I was running a business, and and with everything going on in, in the center part and the northern part of the state compared to what's happening down here. I mean, like, again, you don't have to go very far in Dade County, just Broward. Broward has so much more available to its card players and to its uh, uh, residents of, of, of Broward County than Dade does. And I don't understand why. And, you know, again, 
I'm grateful the casinos are finally open, but you know, we're still, we're, we're still have one hand tied behind our backs for, you know, against our competitors. Right. Well, a lot of big places. I was looking at this uh, earlier today, for instance, obviously Nevada, uh, pretty much all the rooms are open, but they're, uh, they're uh, quite a bit different. Uh, for instance, a Bellagio is playing six handed, uh, Caesar's palace is eight handed, you know, the ones right around the corner are different. Six handed at the MGM grand, uh, golden nugget, uh, playing there. Uh, the Ario is six handed. So, uh, there's quite a bit of difference from place to place. Yeah. And if you've read, I know that they were asking for player, uh, for dealers and, and a couple of these Texas, I guess they've worked out whatever, whatever issues they had a few months ago, uh, because I saw something about a room in San Antonio asking for for dealers to apply and get down there. So, um, and that article that you did mention, you know, it is sad because um, in California, if I remember correctly, when you and I were discussing this a couple of days ago, when I mentioned to you, um, some the Indian casinos are are not following. You know, no, they're open. The Indian casinos are open, which uh, is. Uh, yeah, but the other ahead, places Dave. aren't, unless they have uh, unless they have a special outdoor uh, function like uh, Bay One Hundred One, and I think Ocean's Eleven and a few others have tried that by putting up a tent and technically being outdoors. So, uh, you know, that's the that's the difference there. Yeah, but as you notice, the Indians are not not having to go through those same right. regulations, much like the Seminoles down here. Right, and and even though Mikasuki was about to open their poker room. I keep hearing that they might. Now, Dave, something speaking about this, we both know that Calder has been closed. Their card room has been closed for many years now. Um, I've been getting I've been getting some strange texts from people that I've known for many years in the industry asking me if I've heard anything about Calder opening up their uh, reopening up their card room. Have you heard anything? I have not. That? I have not. Uh... You know, the problem there is uh, that they basically relied on uh, Gulfstream to run their races. So they haven't fulfilled a lot of those uh, requirements in the last couple of years. Now, well, here's something maybe you know better than I because I haven't studied. But obviously, with Best Bet being the biggest room now in the state and, and generating the most revenue month to month on a, on a regular basis, how how are they, you know, how how are they meeting their requirements? Do you have any idea? Because... Wasn't this three different parks that kind of all meshed into one? Yeah, and I think they have uh, fulfilled the dog racing requirements up until, uh, you know, July 1st. So whether they'll do have to do something then uh, is up for question. I guess they kind of just waited to see. Uh, I see that they have uh, eight eight-handed games there, by the way. Right, and now if you said they're running dogs up there, well, well, they're not right now, I don't believe, but I think they fulfilled their last uh, yearly requirement. Right, but what I'm asking is, being that we are highlight people, um, almost every single dog track in this state is converting to highlight because you know that as the end of this year, starting January 1st of 2021, dog racing is going to be illegal in the state. Yeah, illegal in the state of Florida. So, I'm very curious. I, um, you know, I still see on the simulcast at William Hill and and and, and, and uh, Miami at the Casino Miami, um, still showing some of the dog racing from Derby Lane and stuff like that. So I'm very curious if, being that I know you went to announce games down at uh, Kings Court in, in Homestead when uh, when they would, when they had put a makeshift highlight thing up there. Um, if anybody has contacted you about maybe running there their stuff i don't know that for a fact but i know that there are some plans for uh for instance the aisle uh they have decided to go back to horse racing for one more year but they have already been in contact with people to run some uh some events for them to cover their uh requirements all right very good because again if best bet is finds a way for somebody else to run their dates i would imagine calder's probably trying to see if they want to open up a card room uh again I've seen it. Have you? We've you've been in their casino, right? At Calder. Supposedly yes, I have. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Supposedly, where the card room was going to be was uh, in one of the corners 
Well, it was saw. it was open for a while in a, in a room off the casino floor uh, when they were open for a little while. Not talking about the old room over in the grandstand, but there was a room inside the casino building, uh, which they could, I guess, easily convert that back to a to a card room. Exactly, because I saw it a few months ago, and that I spoke to somebody who was a supervisor there as I was there doing something else, and. Uh, they told me, look, this is where the card room was supposed to be, or it was, like you said, maybe for a very short while before they had to close down. Right. Well, we'll keep an eye on some of these things. Uh, tournaments, uh, I know at the Seminole Hard Rock have come back. They actually had a big story about a big slick tournament that they held over the weekend. Uh, Scott Baumstein was the winner, $1,100 buy-in, and he won 26000 So uh, we're getting back to some of that stuff. Uh, looking at their high hands, they're still doing a, numerous high hands. Uh, uh, some of the weekends, they're as high as $500 every 30 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing some great numbers there. I mean, as far as seeing their, uh, uh, you know, on the Bravo account, how many tables they've got running over there. I don't honestly remember now how many room, how many tables their room has. Do you remember, Dave? How many tables? Yes. Uh, I'm going to say around 40, maybe. Okay, and I don't know if they are are spacing them out, you know. Uh, not that they have to, from what I understand, but whether they're doing it just, you know, for the uh, guest's sake to keep uh, some sort of social distancing. But I've seen them get up to as many as 20-something tables on the Bravo system the few times I've checked. I mean, it may be a lot higher, but I know I've seen them run – 22, 23 tables that they've posted on the Bravo system of tables that have been open on weekdays and, you know, certain slower days. They're all, they've got 11 to 12, 13 tables running. And then I checked the big easy. And actually there have been some days in the early afternoon, mid uh, midweek that the big easy at certain times of the day is indicating that they've got two or three more tables running than the hard rock. Yeah, there's a good chance of that. I've been by there a couple of times, and they've been up close to 20 tables at sometimes. There you go. So, but that's it. You know, when you're the only two, when you're the only two, because you know, as we mentioned, um, when I did check the aisle, the aisle was showing five or six tables of yeah. which two or three of them were DP. So, I don't understand, you know, the the reasoning there because they're really off the floor. They're 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 up on that second floor, correct? If I'm right. not mistaken. That is correct. Sim- similar to what Dania does. So, I don't know why they wouldn't want to go through that. I don't know if they just thought it was too much work. I, I you know, I, each I room is going to I, I just think they're having a hard time re- uh, you know, alerting people that they're open to be honest. Well, listen, uh knowing the people who have run that before and uh and uh Vinny being there, uh, you know, I, I can't believe that when they've signed up all these people to their cards, uh, that they didn't have phone numbers and they can't be SMS texting these people all over the place to let them know that they've opened. I just don't know if maybe they've got enough dealers, um, if they haven't decided how much money they can offer to try to make it feasible. You know, a lot of these rooms, Dave, have been used to operating um, – in a manner of where their their promotional dollars are covered by by the uh, jackpot money that they take out, right, right? And and when you get into a situation where you kind of have to limit yourself to the amount of players and how many tables you can get out there, well, you start offering that kind of money. Now you have to reach into your pockets, like a, like half of the other rooms have to do to right. cover that promotional dollar. Yeah. Well, it and and plus, uh, none of these places down here have hotels. Basically, uh, you know, obviously the Hard Rock does, so they have, uh, you know, that other revenue coming in. Plus, their casino makes a lot of lot of money. But uh, uh, you're right; some of these places have really limited their promotions because they just can't uh, take it in the shorts. No, they can't. And obviously, you know, people. I when people talk to me, why won't they come back? I said, well, first of all, I can only speak for day here down in Dade County. Um, Remember, there's a lot of lost revenue. We were closed for three months, open for three weeks, and then closed again for two months. And yeah. now we're open with limited hours. So a lot of revenue was lost. Yeah. And poker, you know, card rooms, folks have to realize 
no matter how successful, you know, pick pick best bet or let's say for argument's sake, uh, the Big Easy, which has slot machines, the aisle, you know, with slot machines. I don't care how successful those rooms were. The aisle was producing close to a million dollars in revenue a month, more give or take. Um, it's still a, a extremely, extremely small fraction of what the right. uh, slot machines make for them. And, um, you know, as long as it's not being a bothersome to, <laughs> to, to the rest of the operation and it's not costing them, quote, any money inside, I guess you could do it because hopefully it'll help you get some uh, some players that'll cross play into the machines and, and help you generate a little bit extra revenue there. But you know this this has really the COVID, you know, and the lack of revenue for all those months has really caused a uh, a change in in the landscape of the card rooms. Yeah, well, I just was just looking at the August numbers for card room seats for not for, uh, you know, some of the dog rooms, but the ones that are associated somewhat with Highlight. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, Magic City in 2018, 800 grand. 2019, 765,000. 2020, zero, you know. Because <laughs> we were closed, right? We were closed. You know, we're not going to know their numbers now until the middle of October for September, right. you know. And, um, well, if you were, well, I don't know if you had their numbers there, but we would have a three-week number for June. That number should be up there already, you know, for them this year. Right. Because I was, that was a number. So that would indicate to you for those three. And actually, no, excuse me, because I think they were closed for those three weeks that, that we the, actually opened open. up for one. Yeah. Well, we opened up for one week. But I believe they were completely closed. Uh, they never opened up their their poker room uh, until the second time coming back. Uh, Dania had two hundred twenty seven thousand in two thousand eighteen, one hundred fifty six thousand two thousand nineteen, forty nine thousand from just those three table games in August. And forty nine thousand, which is actually quite good for three. That's tables. that's actually pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So. Um, again, it's just really. What about the Big Easy? Do you have Big Easy? Numbers I don't have. Or? I don't have dog track ones. I just have highlight ones. So, like a Cal, I have one hundred ninety-seven thousand two years ago, one hundred seventy-five thousand last year, eighty-four thousand this year. Wow. So, you know, it's it's rough. Uh, you know, just to to wind things up here about the local area, um, you know. We still have to always be aware of what's happening around town here. We'll see what happens now that uh, the governor has gone full force at opening everything. So, uh, you know, people will jump right in and, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a, you know, a bad scene three weeks from now. Who knows? Well, listen, you know, we all want to avoid another shutdown. Um, but um, I, I, I'm pretty sure that at yep. least the, the four casinos down here, are pushing very hard to go back to to their regular hours. Right, right, for sure. Okay, well, let's move on. We'll talk about a couple other things uh, happening in the world of poker. Uh, I might want to get into a little bit of a talk about strategy in uh, stud games because we had Corey on the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when you were out. And I wondered how you, uh, you know, I didn't actually make too many notes, but I was reading an article by The Grinder, so I thought maybe we would uh, discuss some of his thoughts. He had some interesting things that he kind of uses as a basis for, for how he plays. Of course, he's a very aggressive player, and he thinks that's very important. But, uh, you know, he's won that PPC, uh, player, Poker Players Championship, twice. twice. And, uh, you know, so a big part of the game is stud and stud high-low. So... Uh, let's go ahead and shift to that there. Uh, he did an interview with Bernard Lee, and Bernard asked him what he thought common mistakes were for people in uh, stud high-low. Okay. And he said he said often – Chasing the low? Well, he said players are, are playing their own hand and not looking enough at their opponent's hands. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you can look and say, I'm going to chase the low, but you got to look at what your opponents have what's available to you right because if you're chasing a low okay and somebody that i that i respected a whole hell of a lot when he was teaching me this is you know 
you, you try to play for a high because you have to qualify for a low. Right. Uh, there is no qualification for a high. Exactly. But, you know, you try to try to work for a high and, and if you fall into a low, great. But, you know, it's it's you know, somebody snaps you off on a low and you have absolutely no high hand. You're 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 playing for half the pot. That's that's the tough part for people to understand, Dave, is, you know, he goes, think about it. He goes, you're putting money in as you're only playing for half of it. Right. Because because you have no legitimate chance of of maybe sweeping both ends of the pot. And as far as paying attention, the interesting thing he says is he compares it. What if you were sitting there and a card was exposed and no limit hold'em, and you weren't looking? Everyone saw it at the table except for you. He said that's such a huge disadvantage. It is. It is. And. I remember when I was reading something, it was it was for beginners by Phil Hellmuth. It was actually a tape cassette that my friend Paul got me because of the bookstore that he has. And it was quite educational for the beginners. And when you're playing uh, seven card stud, whether it's high, low or just high or Raz, because Raz is the same thing as playing seven cards, right. but, but you're playing right. for a low hand. He goes, the biggest thing that he's told that, that, I, that I took away from that was you have to pay attention to all the cards that come out. It's almost like being a card counter at, at Blackjack. Right. You understand? So I have a very, I did very well when I used to play seven card stud because of my memory. You know, I, I, people don't remember what cards got folded. If you're not paying attention in the first two cards and all of a sudden you get a hand that you go, oh, wow, I need a four. Let me see. And now three people have folded their hands and maybe someone folded a four in there or two fours and you can't remember and you're chasing a four to either get a wheel or to get a six smooth, right. whatever. You're at a huge disadvantage. And not only just for the low, but again, if you're chasing a pair of jacks and you're not paying attention and someone folds a jack, well, you know, that means there's only one left in the whole deck for you to be able to get a, a set of, you know, to get three of a kind with the jacks to, to maybe fill up. Seven card stud, those, those, those games are all games that, the superior players are the ones that have great memories. And like the grinder said, you pay attention to what your opponents have. Think about it, Dave. In a high low, you're chasing a really good low, but at the end you catch an eight. But you look at your opponent's hand. If you're up against one opponent that yeah. could chase you off on a low, and you go, well, he could have a seven, but, man, he needs to have a three or a five and a six. And if you start doing the math in your head, you go, holy cow, he's got to have the case three and a case six, and there's only two fives left that you can recall. You know, it, it puts you on a big difference. You know, that that's a lot harder for your opponent to have two of those three cards because you now know for a fact that that many of them were, right. were already folded out or out of play or you have them in your hand. Well, along those lines, he says uh, that a lot of players will play any three lower cards. He thinks that's a mistake, especially – if there's players out on the hand that have lower uh, cards, cards lower than you, he said, if you might start with a deuce seven, eight, and uh, if you see an opponent or two has a better starting low draw, he said, you probably should fold. I, to me, a deuce seven, eight is not a good starting low hand. Right now, now, unless you get a six, nobody has you a get, shot at a low. You right, boy. Exactly. If no one has a shot, but once again. Somebody has two low cards, has an ace deuce in the hole, and they're, they're showing you a nine. But, you know, you have a five, six, seven, and you're seeing a, a four being out there, a three. But now you've got a two-way hand. Now you've got a two-way hand. You know, five, six, seven, yeah, it's not a great low, but you catch a four. Now you've got up and down for a straight, not to mention that a three gives you a seven low. Any other lower cards get you a better seven low. You know, yeah. For me, one of the biggest mistakes, and I and he's addressing this by saying a two seven eight, you're strictly at this point for the most part, you're strictly playing a low hand. Right. So you are actually playing for half the pot. And it took me a long time to realize that if I'm going to play for half a pot, uh, um, it's going to have to be three premium low cards, three cards that are five and below. 
Yeah. You understand? He said he always looks for a hand that's that would be a two-way hand, like that's a six, like a six, seven, eight. Uh, but he said, he said again, that can be a bad situation if you've looked at the cards. You maybe seen uh, a couple of fives exposed and a nine, and all of a sudden now you're, that you're means out, nothing. You're out, you're gone. Yeah, yeah, that means nothing for me. And I'm sure the grinder will tell you this: when you're playing this, either you want to be rolled up like if you were playing just regular seven-card stud high, because you are going to try to to put you know to put make them pay. The, you always got to make the lows pay for their for their chasing of the low hand because if they don't get there, they can't get any part of that pot without a high hand. Personally, I you know obviously uh, the best low you know ball two way hands that you can have for me. We're always trying to get a flush with a really nice low, like an ace high flush. Maybe get a ace two three five six, so you have a great low hand of six five but maybe you catch the king of diamonds you know you know what i'm saying you get an ace high flush and a six low those are great hands because obviously you could scoop the whole pot another thing he talks about is when you have a big pair whether it's a pair of down cards that are matched or if you have uh you know prepared your 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 up card uh he says what he likes to do is re-raise in order to isolate your opponent and get heads up against a potential low hand because there's always a chance that the low hand is not going to show up exactly and 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 as you're watching your the your the low you know it, it it's a little deceiving because sometimes the low runs into a high you understand you're putting pressure on him because he's chasing the low, and all of a sudden it's pair, pair, and you don't wind up getting a second pair. You had pocket aces, but you never paired any of the other five cards. Right. All right? And you're putting that pressure because you know he's chasing a low, and all of a sudden he pairs his deuce, he pairs a four, and now he turns over two pairs and, he, and your aces. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but I, when you play this game long enough like I have, you see that where they're where, – Someone was representing a much better high hand, trying to get a, a weak high hand out of there and just get heads up against the low, thinking that, hey, if that low doesn't get there, I'm going to scoop the pot. And all of a sudden, the low run, runs into runner, runner for a backdoor straight, you know, an ugly straight or two pairs. And when you don't get two pairs, and right. it, it's, it's an interesting game. And again, paying attention and knowing what's been out there, what's been exposed. Like he said, if you miss somebody, if everybody on the table sees an exposed card and you're the only one who doesn't know it, it's a huge disadvantage to you. Another interesting point he makes is that if a lot of times, if you have a big hand, you got that pair that I'm talking about, you've uh, re-raised, you try to isolate, but then he says, you get to fourth street. He says, uh, good thing to do is sometimes flat call, just keep them in so that you can get the fifth street and then uh, you can keep uh, raising and, and uh, make the pot bigger. Well, yes, because when you're playing high, low, uh, Dave, the, uh, you don't jump until fifth street, the, the, the next level. It's, it's a limit. It's a limit style game. So much like if you were playing limit, hold them until, you know, before the flop and on the flop, it's, it's the lower amount. If you're playing two, four, the betting structures is increments right. of two. Now, once the turn comes, the betting structures in four is in the next level of four. Well, in in seven card stud high low, once you hit fifth street is when you jump to the to the higher level uh, betting right, betting. So yeah, and he said along those lines, he said if you you feel like you have the nuts, either low nuts or the high nuts, he said, and two other players are fighting for what you believe is the other half. Oh, Again, you want to right. flat flat call, so keep them both in to fight each other and raise in to build up the uh, the pot. Well, to be honest with you, that all depends on the, the type of players yeah. that you're yeah, up exactly. against. Because if they're aggressive, oh my god, I I start the betting, let them raise, I re-raise, I'm maxing out every single round. Um, now, if they are timid players. Yeah, you want to keep them in, but still, I'd still for me, I'd still make a bet because they're both going to pay. They're both going to call that bet unless one hand is so bad over the other, and at which point I would assume the better hand is going to come out betting on that end anyway, just to get them out and secure half the pot. Uh, what would you say the differences are between high low and PLO uh, as far as 
aggressiveness, how you play? Well, PLO is, uh, you don't get P, um, I've never seen it in seven card stud. So PLO is, it all depends. I've well, I'm talking about, I'm talking about seven card stud is what I'm talking seven about. Seven card. I, I misspoke there. Okay. So PLO. Seven card stud. Uh, forget PLO. Oh. Seven card stud versus high low. Oh, versus the difference high low. It, ver, what's your aggressiveness? Does it ramp up because it's just a high hand only? Absolutely. Absolutely. You, the less aggressive you are, the more chances you're giving someone who has a very weak hand and has no reason to make a wager, catch a card that now leaves them open-ended, gives them, you know, uh, um, a, a, a pair. And by you showing weakness, they may believe now that, they you've got big cards, but you haven't paired any of them, um, you know, Letting people in in seven-card stud, unless you have a monster already made and trying to hope that somebody gets, you know, makes something themselves, it, in my opinion, my experience has been that's a big mistake. Yeah. You you want to have the people who want to chase you, who want action. Um, you know, if you're in a non-action game, it's not going to matter regardless. Those those games after about an hour, I'm, I, I want to shoot myself. Yeah. Uh, I've had to play some of those because of obligations to the house because I dealt in them. And, um, but you know, I, most people who play seven card stud and are trying to make money at that game back then, you usually it winds up being two players, three at the max. Um, uh, and usually by the fifth card, fifth street, if, unless all three have made something, um, one of them is going to be gone, and it's usually a heads-up situation. If you guys check it down and allow two other players to draw cards off of you and and improve their hands without putting anything into the pot, you know. To, and remember, it's in a limit game. To build a pot, you have to start making bets. Yeah. So if you don't make bets, it's not like no limit where at one point I could say, hey, he made a good hand. I've got a better hand. I could go all in and, and get all his or her money. Seven card stud and limit games aren't played that way. Yeah, as far as uh, mistakes that players make in seven card stud, he said he thought one of the major mistakes was that too many players call with low pairs. He said, I wouldn't play anything less than sixes. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> low pairs are just looking to get yourself into trouble. Yeah. That's all it is. I, as a matter of fact, I'd rather have, you know, three suited cards or three connected cards than a low pair, you know, because uh, on fourth street, I either, either I improve that hand or I can get the hell out of there. Uh, a small pocket pair for me, small pocket pairs are always going to get you into trouble in, in seven card stud. Um, even in, even in Hold'em. Uh, you, I wanted to mention something that you mentioned last week, or right? you're talking, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stuff, but I remember um, Doyle Brunson Super System 2, which I've read almost the whole book. And it was interesting because he talked about small pairs. And I know that you were mentioning something about a small pair that someone right. had last week. Right. And he goes, I love to speculate with small pairs if the price is is well right. is worth it and, and hold them because you can owe, you know, that's usually a well hidden hand and you're gonna get paid off. But Doyle Brunson made a, a mention in, 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 while I was reading his thing. He goes, be careful when everybody just calls and you wind up hitting bottom set. He goes, and it's an ugly board and somebody's just very stubborn, doesn't get out. They may have played a medium pocket pair yeah. and hit a higher set. And I remember, damn, he couldn't have written it any better than that. But I remember the first time after play, playing poker, after reading that, I was in that same scenario, and I just laughed my ass off when I got shown a much a, a bigger set. It wasn't a big set, but it was a bigger set than mine, and that's what I remembered. And I wanted to mention that from last week's conversation. Okay. But in seven card stud, unless I get a free card with a pocket pair, and I don't, and if I don't, if I don't get it, if I don't get that to turn into trips, I'm getting the hell out of dodge quickly. Yeah. He said one last thing, a uh, piece of advice on uh, seven card stud. He says uh, one of the mistakes players make is they try to bluff on seventh street. And he says when their opponent has called them down on every street, they're rarely going to fold. 
So he says they'll always be getting the right price to call and limit uh, stud. Yeah, well, that's the problem with limit. Limit becomes a lot more expensive than no limit um, in that particular instance because, like he said, nine out of ten times, that player has something. Now, he may not have improved on 7th Street, and at this point, the price, the price of the, you know, the, what's in the pot, the price of one bet, you're just going to call it because it's, if you hit it once out of six times, you're going to make money. Okay, well, let's take a break on the show. Uh, we'll come back and uh, discuss a couple other things. You're with uh, Big Dave and Joe on Poker Action Line. Don't forget that you can always uh, go to different places to pick up the show, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Poker Action Line, whether it's Spotify or SoundCloud. Uh, do us a favor and give us a rating or uh, just subscribe to the program. Send it to your friends. Uh, you can do that very easily on uh, these uh, different podcast uh venues also the poker fuse podcast page lots of shows on there now but we're still a part of that no uh hold'em radio network is still carrying the show on a regular basis and uh you can always go to poker action line and pick up some of the older shows although we haven't had the latest ones posted but uh, if you want to go back to the early years of the show and catch some really interesting stuff you can do that we've had some great interviews over the years and i'm sure you'll enjoy that but let's take a break on tonight's show we'll be back with more when we return poker action line stick with us this is poker action line this is big dave for placeyourchipscaribbean.com want to know what's really cool your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play placeyourchipscaribbean.com the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes play free learn our system Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. (laughs) You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, Joe, uh, feeling much better and uh, back on the program the last couple of weeks. Very happy to hear that. Um, he's uh, stepped away just for a second, but there are things happening out there in the world poker. Let me just touch on some online stuff. Uh, Michigan is uh, moving along in their legislative efforts to add online poker, and uh, they passed the uh, the Lawful Internet Gaming Act last year in December, and uh, they also are legalizing online casinos and sports books as well. Uh, that is moving along on the, regula- the regulatory front. Uh, and at the same time, there's uh, stuff uh, to try to keep the door open for the possibility mm-hmm. of intermingling with other states. Right now, that is banned. So uh, a lot of people feel that they won't really be successful until they can commingle with some of the other states that are already working. Uh, This week is a big week in Michigan, uh, working with the Michigan Gaming Control Board, public hearings uh, this week on a couple of different days. And uh, later this week, the Senate will take on that interstate poker uh, bill and decide. uh, Really hard to make a lot of money, Joe, if you can't commingle with uh, Nevada, New Jersey, and some of those places. Yeah, well... As our good friend uh, Randy Casper used to say, <laughs> we we need uh, what was that? Gotta word? have the liquidity. Liquidity—that was the word. Liquidity. But uh, listen, how about 
get in the door, you know, open the door, get in the room, and then let's worry about maybe a year from now being able to co-mingle because so what they're saying is they wouldn't have allowed them to play in the WSOP online uh, tournament. Is that right. is that what we're talking about? Well, just anything really to co-mingle on cash games and that sort of thing as well. Well, I mean, Nevada did that without co-mingling. I mean, nobody well, else they did, in New but, Jersey. But they didn't really kick things off until they were able to co-mingle with their pots. Uh, but who was available back then, remember? Right. Who was actually available? I mean, I think Delaware was the first the other state next. Delaware and New, New Jersey, Jersey, I think, commingled first. And then uh, later on, uh, Nevada jumped into the, the. Exactly. So, you know, um, I, I don't know what the agreement is for tax dollars, how the dollars are broken down. Um, I don't know. Again, I, try if you're asking me to dissect a politician's mind as to, <laughs> as to as to what they rationally think. Let me tell you something, buddy. If I was able to figure that out, I think I'd be the richest man in the world uh, with these politicians out there. Yeah, originally they were hoping to uh, get the poker online by the end of October. They said now that's a little too uh, optimistic. Uh, but they say late November is still a possibility. Originally they were just not looking until uh, 2021. But uh, because of COVID and a few other things, they, they really feel like they need to move this up. Uh, obviously, Michigan has uh, three big casinos in Detroit that will be involved in some of this stuff. And I'm sure that they've really taken in the, in the shorts, uh, you know, up there because they've had some really bad COVID problems. Well, let me ask you something. How big are their rooms over there and how many, you know, how, how much money are they generating in the brick and mortars? Pretty good, I think, but uh, I don't have any exact numbers. But uh, I think the I think the uh, the brick and mortar rooms are relying more on uh, slots and that sort of, sort of thing. Okay, so they're okay. So if they get this, if they get the poker over there, um, it all depends. Again, I mean, you know, New Jersey didn't do too bad. Nevada didn't do too bad. They didn't do great either. But you know, um, again. Get 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 it down. Get in the door. Start playing some some poker online, and I'm sure discussions are going to quickly escalate into co-mingling, whether it's a year or two down the road. I mean, it's just listen. Look how long we've been waiting now with <laughs> with this, uh, you know, with uh, Black Friday, and that uh, we were all worried about this. Well, you know, listen. If, even if it's a glimmer at light at the end of the tunnel. It's something that, that I wish we had here in Florida. Put it that yeah, way. I, I don't know about you, but I'd love to just play with poker players here in Florida that it yeah. was legal. Yeah, it would be nice. Uh, looking at Pennsylvania, which has been open for a while, they had some huge numbers back in like April, uh, over five, like something like 5.3 million in revenue back in April. And since then, they've been on a downward decline uh, over the last few months. Uh, in the past month, uh, the month of August, uh, those numbers reported at 2.7 million. So, uh, you know, they did well at first. So the novelty maybe has worn off a little bit. Of course, maybe a lot of people, uh, since Pennsylvania was not able to play in the World Series of Poker Online, maybe a lot of people went to another state to try to play in some of those. Things. Well, also, you got to remember, um, that was what month again did you say that they had those great numbers in May? In April. April. Uh, do you have like May and June? Now remember, online numbers start to suffer uh, once right. people are starting to bet on sports. Big day. Well, they yeah. went from <laughs> they went from five point three in April to four point six million in uh, June. Okay, that's not and bad. And then three point two million in, uh, in July. Uh, you know, it went down under three million in August. So three point seven, two point seven. So they it's been a good a continuous decline on that. But well, you got to remember, they only have one online room open, and that is uh, Poker Stars. Okay, so, but now remember, like I said, uh, poker players are notorious sports bettors, as far as my experience right. has been concerned. They're not gamblers. They're not so much gamblers in the casino, but they are sports bettors. Right. And remember, uh, you know, the bubble in Orlando, baseball, uh, hockey. All of that's all of that commenced in July, and you know, coincidentally, that's when the numbers started to you know trend on a downward pattern. 
So I don't know if that's a direct correlation to those numbers going down. But yeah, when there's a lot more options for you and, you know, it, 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 those numbers are going to go down. And now so, with football so what, season, so what you're I'll saying be- is football, uh, people, more people will make bets on football games than they will at the poker table. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> absolutely. Now, guess what? You know, that being said, we both know that before Black Friday, you know, sites like Poker Stars and Full Tilt and, uh, you know, all these other sites used to run on a daily basis with, you know, 100,000, 200,000, three, you know, unbelievable amounts of people playing at any one time of the day. I mean, I remember seeing those numbers. I used to go, oh, my God, how they play. And that was just one of the poker sites. So um, it was new. They're getting to it. Uh, I'm sure they attracted a lot of new people that, that you know, hadn't been playing a whole lot of poker. And uh, when you're new playing poker, Dave, what's, what happens 98 out of 100 times for those players is they get their asses handed to them on a, on a platter. So uh, – Sometimes you get into that poker hospital, like they say. <laughs> they have that that yeah. disease, that funzalo, the funzalo disease. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you got to build it up. And again, many reasons for those numbers to go down. I don't know the quality. You know, again, I'm, you said it's poker star, so I'm assuming you know the the games are really good as far as the uh, the software and and the presentation of it. Um, Maybe they offered great promotions at the beginning, hoping that people would continue to roll with it. They took them back. So without knowing all the details of how they started to where they are right now, uh, there's a lot of different reasons why those numbers could be down. Yeah, the party poker is trying to get into the act. Uh, they're waiting for the uh, Pennsylvania Gaming Control Board to approve them. Uh, maybe possibly as early as this week, September 30th was a date that they discussed. They would be the second online poker room in the state. Uh, but it said that uh, they will not share any liquidity with their partners in New Jersey until the Wire Act case is uh, resolved. Oh, so they're waiting for something to be resolved before they decide to do uh, well, they're, joint they're, forces. They're going to jump in, uh, Party Poker is, but there is a Party Poker New Jersey site that they would uh, commingle with if they could, but they're holding off on that. Yeah, they're making sure that, uh, what it, as they say, all their I's are dotted, all their T's are crossed, and making sure that they don't get their license pulled for doing something stupid. So they're, they're going to be, a, you know, extremely cautious uh, and make sure that their, their lawyers had get the go ahead to, to, you know, to co-mingle with other States or with their own firms and in other States. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one last bit of news that's come out over the last week. Uh, the founder of poker stars uh, that was uh, operating when uh, black Friday came, it's been over a decade now, obviously, but it uh, looks like the uh, ordeal maybe is fine finally over as U.S. Dix District Court Judge Lewis Kaplan sentenced Esai Scheinberg uh, to time served and also a $30,000 fine for uh, the one charge of operating an illegal gambling business, which kind of shocked a lot of people. 30000 only, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, for, wow. You know, obviously made millions of dollars in the time he was in there. Oh, yeah. He pleaded guilty to just that one charge, but uh, it still carried the possibility of five years behind bars. But because of COVID and the, his age and uh, the, uh, a lot of other things, uh, the judge came to the conclusion that make, in, incarcerating him now it made little sense. How old is he? 74. Okay, well, hey. God bless him. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> uh, you talked to a lot of people, people that had money and lost a lot of money on full tilt. Uh, obviously, Poker Stars picked up a lot of that uh, revenue there, and a lot of people got out of their debts. But uh, uh, what do you hear from people now? I know a lot of people that still, when they hear the word full tilt, they uh, they really put the thumbs down. Well, listen, I haven't had anybody mention full tilt to me since that time, you know, since poker stars, uh, you know, people asking me, should I apply for this? Should I give them my information? Um, if you remember on the show, I, 
I had a hundred, I had $99 and some change on there when the site closed and I never even bothered replying for it. It was, for me, it wasn't worth it. But, uh, for those people who did fine, um, I'm still, looking at my, I'm still looking to get my 79 cents back. There you go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had left in there. Uh, so, people, people are probably wondering what happened. There was a lot of other people involved, big names. Uh, a lot of them uh, pleaded guilty and, uh, served some time in jail. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Scheinberg was one of the ones that held out overseas for many, many years, finally surrendered to U.S. authorities in Switzerland last year and started negotiating. his now, deal. he didn't have to forfeit any any forfeitures of property or 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 cash like uh, Howard Letterer, and Chris Ferguson. Uh, and, no, know, I, I don't believe so. You just, know, just a fine is all it says. Because these guys, you know, from from some of the readings that I read, uh, if it was true, I don't know if it is or not, but they had to give up a lot of money. Um, they didn't go to jail or they weren't sentenced to any jail or probation time, but but they did have a lot of forfeiture of uh, property and, and 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 you know cash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the judge uh, made one comment that uh, I'll pass along here. He says to. Uh, Scheinberg, I can't condone what you did, but the world is made of fallible people. It was a big mistake, but should not ruin what remains of your life. Well, God bless that judge for being very very kind to this gentleman. Um, You know, this is this is a scenario again. I think this was similar to you know back in the uh, Depression days. You know, when the people made a run on the banks, if. they were paying off a lot of these people with money that was there, not expecting the site to close and, you know, and, and, and happened what, what happened, you know, yeah. I don't know I, if, if the, if the DOJ had not gotten involved in that, who knows, you know, um, whether this comes to light, you know, uh, that, that, that was a money making, that was a, you know, that was a cash cow that they had there. So again, Probably a lot more mismanagement than a, a Ponzi scheme, as a lot of people uh, said it was. Well, I mentioned Full Tilt uh, because they did not obviously uh, have the money to pay back their players. But uh, Scheinberg was poker stars, and he said uh, he was quoted as saying, I'm particularly proud that in 2011, when poker stars exited the United States, all its American players were made whole immediately. He said, and indeed, we uh, reimbursed millions of players who owed funds from other online companies that could not or did not repay those players. And that had to go a long way yes. to what the judge did for him, you know, a long way, because we spoke about it, you know, at length on our show back when that happened. And that was an for me, that was an incredible thing that they not only they not only made hold their people, but uh, a lot of full tilts people. So, you know. You definitely have to take that into account. Yeah, no question. No question. Uh, Well, that's just about going to do the show for us. Uh, Headed back to Dania this week, so I'll have a bigger report next week on what's happening over there. From what I hear, they're playing four-handed with uh, plexiglass dividers. Uh, I don't know how many tables are going, but I can give you a report on that next week. Uh, Last time, I I don't know when if they opened up, but four-handed. Is not I can't see forehanded getting it done anywhere. To be we'll honest, we'll see if uh, we can get Dave Berman on the show to talk a little bit about that. Uh, you know, he's one of those people that uh, was a Mike Smith disciple. By the way, I uh, I happened to see a video this week, which I'll I made a copy for you, and I'll have to send it over, get it to you somehow. But of uh, back in nineteen, I think it was ninety seven, when they were opening the poker rooms, and it had a shot of Mike Smith talking at a table, and he was uh, obviously twenty two years ago, so he's a pretty young looking guy. It was uh, <laughs> it's good for a laugh for me, anyway. Well, listen, Mike's a great guy. He really yeah. is very yeah. talented man. Very talented. Yep, a whole era come and gone here in South Florida, but uh, and we'll see what happens. Things, things uh, obviously, the election coming may change things, may not change things. We'll see what happens, but uh, uh, we'll keep hoping that uh, somehow we get back to what we had at one point. Yeah, let's uh, you know again. Let's get a cure. Let's get a vaccine or a cure for this thing first, and. We'll worry about poker after that. 
Okay, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be back next week. We'll work on some guests for you. I always say that, but uh, it's very difficult now to line up guests with things changing. And we are uh, a little bit flipping around our times when we record the show. So we'll see what we can do. Uh, again, if you have any interesting uh, thoughts on topics or guests, send me an email at lemondave at yahoo.com. Once again, lemondave, uh, L-E-M-M-O-N, D-A-V-E at yahoo.com and let us know what you think for the show and uh, maybe we'll uh, get your questions on the air or uh, immediately run out and see what we can line up uh, that you might be interested in hearing from. But that's going to do it for us on the show. Joe, thank you as usual for uh, taking the time. Joe Costello, thank you as well. And uh, I know that uh, some of your uh, drag racing and stuff is uh, getting a little busier and uh, you'll we'll have to uh, try to bring everybody a show every week but uh be sure and keep uh posted uh with us on uh, the email or uh, basically our uh, facebook or our uh, twitter accounts and we'll let you know what's happening thanks for being with us we'll catch you all next week on another edition of poker action on the views and opinions of the hosts guests or callers are not necessarily those of the station its owners advertisers or agencies 